What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and it's Wednesday night, which means it's time to take part in America's favorite pastime. Hit up your boys and get some trades done. Today, we're going to be talking through my six must-buy trade targets for week eight of the fantasy football season. We have a bunch to get into, so let's not waste any time. If you enjoy, make sure down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, our first buy for today, we have the man of the hour, a guy I said it's time to panic on in the Top 10 Lessons Learned video, Calvin Ridley. Now, let me walk that back a little bit, all right? So, on the Top 10 Lessons Learned video on Wednesday, or Monday, I said Calvin Ridley so far He's the wide receiver 45 in points per game, his expected points per game. Now, expected points per game are going to mention a lot in this video. That is just based on your targets, your ADOT, your red zone targets. How many points per game should you have? His expected points per game isn't much better than his actual points per game, so it's not a volume. It's not a regression volume concern. Yards per run, he's not been efficient. 18.5% target per run, a huge fall off from his 2020 season of 24.4% target per run. His PFF receiving grade, 63.0. That is god-awful. Now, the reason we're comparing this to 2020 is because that's, this is what we thought was his upside, right? Top five wide receiver in 2023, 18.8 points per game, 2.44 yards per run. All of those are elite, elite numbers. Now, I said it's time to panic. You know, this might be a situation where we've bet on Michael Thomas in the past, similar to this, where he comes back. It wasn't an injury for Ridley, but just, you know, a long time away from football, come back and just pick up right where he left off. And that really hasn't been the case so far. But I do think this is a good buy low opportunity because... He is dirt cheap. Everybody is very frustrated with Calvin Ridley. And after some digging, I think there's some merit to the idea that his production might be down because of Zay Jones. Now, I know this sounds wild, but if we look at his splits with and without Zay Jones, with Zay Jones, 16.6 points per game, which really isn't that far off his 2020 uh, numbers of 18 points per game, 16.6 points per game, expected points per game, 16.9, 2.22 yards per round. Like, let's even just do a side-by-side -side where you can just see uh, the 2020 numbers, where the 2020 numbers aren't all that far off of what he's been in games with Zay Jones, right? So 16.6 points per game, 16.9 uh, expected points per game, yards per out run 2.22, 22.6% target per out run, 72.7 PFF receiving grade. So not completely up to par with where he was at in 2020, but not as big of a fall off as we saw, you know, in the 2023 so far section. Then in games without Zay Jones, Weeks 3, 4, 6, and 7, 6.7 points per game, 8.8 .8 expected points per game, 0.82 yards per out run, 15.2 targets per out run. Pretty awful. Now, Zay Jones is due to be back on uh, after the week 9 bye. And I think a lot of people are going to say, and it's a lot of the pushback I got on that tweet, of Ron, why the hell would that matter? A lot of people saying when I tweeted that out, uh, correlation does not equal causation. And yes, that is true, right? I don't feel as though I am cherry-picking stats here because Zay Jones is a, a crucial part to Calvin Ridley's success and that Zay Jones plays X wide receiver, right? So your X wide receivers of the world are going to be like Mike Williams and Gabe Davis. These guys who are just going to work on the boundary, be big physical wide receivers and clear out, go deep. Unless if you're, you know, there's other guys like Jamar Chase or no, more like a T Higgins where they're a little bit more nuanced than that. But it's almost like without Zay Jones, it's almost like if you ask Stephon Diggs to run the Gabe Davis route tree, right? Of just vertical routes, down the sideline, and that would be tough. That's not Stephon Diggs' bread and butter, and it's not Calvin Ridley's bread and butter either. So he has to now make up and absorb a lot of those routes because Jamal Agnew is not going to be able to play that role. So that's the issue where Calvin Ridley is now getting stuck 
with these Gabe Davis-esque decoy clear-out routes, and it's really hurting his fantasy production. Now, I think uh, Josh Norris actually had a great... He works over Underdog Fantasy. He's a great friend of ours. Uh, and if we look at this tweet thread, Twitter thread here, there's some really good stuff here. So H Hayden Winks dropped this chart. We all know Hayden Winks. He does great, great work. And you can see here... You want efficient middle target, like this is middle of the field, right? You want over the middle targets. That's where a lot of the efficiency is. Calvin Ridley is getting almost all of his work near the sideline here, right? You see Gabe Davis and Josh Palmer and Gallup and a lot of these guys that are your traditional X wide receivers. Calvin Ridley is down here with a lot of targets. I mean, we're talking like almost 50 targets he's getting near the sideline. This is a lot of, again, your Gabe Davis role here, but Ted can't even say that last name. Jaguars are using really like a true X. Sideline ball winner like A.J. Brown when he had success as a Z slash F, of course, at Z slash flanker with a diverse route tree in Atlanta. Now, Josh Norris sort of says, simple take from me, but getting Zay Jones back likely would help him get opportunities doing other stuff. I think so, but they got to commit to using him in different ways than they have been regardless. Now, Bill Barnwell also shows a really cool tweet. He is employed by ESPN, I believe. Uh, really, really fun follow, but... This is his route tree in 2023. So this is this year where you're you're seeing legit one route or no, like a few routes across the middle, right? But most of it is on the boundaries, right? Now, if we go to his 2020 year when he was thriving, we're seeing things all over the field. And I think we'll see that get back to this once we have Zay Jones back, when Zay Jones can take a lot of these clear out routes and these, you know, to the sideline, 30 plus yards downfield and you know, 30 plus yards downfield on the sideline. Like these are tough throws and catches to make when Calvin really isn't this big physical X wide receiver. He's not a contested catch guy. He's not, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. He's not Mike Williams. Uh, so like I said, I think we'll see that come back for him once Zay Jones is in the mix. And I think it, it checks out that in the games with Zay Jones, he has been really, really good. Now, if you want to sort of throw this all out and say, Ron, I think that you're cherry picking a little bit, that's fine by me. But I think Calvin Ridley, this is the cheapest that he has been this entire season. He's coming off of a game where he had, what, like one catch for five yards. People are very, very frustrated with Calvin Ridley. And I think that that is when you jump on to buy because Zay Jones is going to be due back uh, after the bye week here. They have a bye week. So they have week eight versus the Steelers with the Steelers are allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So he could already bounce back in a really favorable matchup here. Then you get the bye week. And then Zay Jones after the bye week in week 10 should be back and ready to go taking those X wide receiver snaps and having Calvin Ridley back to his flanker Z type of role, which is perfect. That's what we need in this passing offense. It's shown to be a good passing offense. This is a good team. And I want to bet on Calvin Ridley. Now, when we look at what he's trading for now, we are going to go to fantasy calc, fantasycalc.com. We show this every single week when we talk through trades, uh, but you can see here, we have a trade database here where pretty much this fantasy calc website uh, it's just literally fantasycalc.com. They compile trades in their trade database. Yeah, search over a million real fantasy football trades from, I guess, like Sleeper, ESPNs of the world. It's not all perfect. Some of these trades are going to look really, really wonky, but we pick out some of the ones that are more realistic, and I give you some recommendations on how I would go about buying Calvin Ridley, but I'm showing you guys, like, he's very cheap. Brian Robinson for Calvin Ridley straight up. I mean, I would do that all day without much thought. <clears throat> what else sticks out? Yeah, I mean, if you have, like, a random quarterback, like, people are people are selling Calvin Ridley for dirt cheap. Josh Jones and Zeke Elliott, or Josh Downs and Zeke Elliott, I would do that all day long. Uh, I also saw a Miles Sanders plus. Yeah, Miles Sanders and Tyler Lockett, I think it's close. I think I would take Calvin Ridley here, but if you can do Miles Sanders like Amari Cooper, 
uh, or a wide receiver like that. I think I would do that all day. I also like this trade of there was like Najee straight up for him. Yeah, Najee straight up for Calvin Ridley. I would do that all day long. I would also do uh, Rashad White straight up for Calvin Ridley. You see that down here. Uh, and then there's also a Judy trade. Yeah, if I could do uh, this one right here, if I could do Jerry Judy and like a small piece on top for Calvin Ridley, I would. Now, again, I'm not trading anything too, too crazy for him. Like I'm not doing this Nico Collins for Calvin Ridley one. Uh, I am looking to buy low. So sort of kick the tires, see where the guy is at. But whoever drafted Calvin Ridley is probably very frustrated. And I would look to take advantage of that. Now, after that, we have Aaron Jones as my next buy candidate here. He is somebody that's been working back from a hamstring injury, and I think that we are going to only see him get more and more work as we go. Where This is Deepak Choni here, someone that we've featured on the channel a ton. Uh, Aaron Jones, older running backs in their first game post-hamstring usually see fewer touches, expect a rise in week eight. And we see another injury analyst, Edwin Porras here. So week seven, Aaron Jones, 24% or 34% of the snaps, zero carries inside the five, zero carries inside the 10, 15% target share. Where in 2022, he had 58% of the snaps, 17% of carries inside the five, 28% of the carries inside the 10. Those numbers seem very low, but regardless, there's nowhere to go but up. He's going to have his snaps go up, his rush attempts go up, his targets go up. There's no real concern about setbacks or anything. I know he didn't practice on Wednesday, but that's usually just a veteran thing. Like veterans just don't really practice on Wednesday. So I'm not all that concerned just yet. It seems like his touches are going to go up. His volume is going to go up. And he has been much, much better on a small sample, I'll say, but much better than A.J. Dillon. Where you can see A.J. Dillon versus Aaron Jones here, rushing yards over expected. Aaron Jones barely under what's expected, minus zero, uh, 0.04. A.J. Dillon's at minus... 0.38, which is awful. EPA per rush. So how much are you, uh, you know, helping your offense expected points added 0.19 per rush for Aaron Jones, negative 0.13 for AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon has a 3.1 yard per carry Aaron Jones, 4.17. So I think we see Aaron Jones take the lead in this backfield very soon here. And I think people will really like to paint this offense as like a dumpster fire. But when we look at EPA per play, which is expected points added on a per drive basis, right? If you have a drive, let's say it's first and 10, and your opponent's 30, you're expected to get at least a field goal there. If you turn the ball over, that's like minus three expected points added. And it's just a way of sort of putting on a per play basis, how much are you doing over or under what your offense is expected based on your down and distance, where you got the ball, where you started the drive, getting first downs, getting touchdowns, all of that is put inside of EPA per play. We can see here the Packers among the entire NFL, and it checks out, right? Dolphins first, then the Niners, then the Bills, then the Chiefs, then the Eagles. Like those are all have all been great offenses. The Packers are 12th here. They're also 17th in points scored. They have the 14th best offensive line per established to run. This is a league average offense. I think people will start to look at the Packers, right? They lost to the Broncos last week. Jordan Love has made some bad mistakes, but this is by no means a dumpster fire offense. LaFleur isn't the greatest coach in the world, but he is somebody that can run an offense, which is all you're asking for. And if Aaron Jones can be in the center of that, then we're cooking here. Now, if we look at what you can get Aaron Jones for, it's really not all that expensive over on fantasy calc where you can get i mean i don't mind for kyle pitt straight up Jacoby myers for aaron jones is very close but i think i would pay Jacoby myers uh ramondre stevenson i would do that in a heartbeat even though uh this site has this side i mean if i could do sutton plus for aaron jones i absolutely love that one derrick henry for aaron jones in a piece yes please the site actually has derrick henry side of this one i would 100 percent prefer uh the aaron jones side if i could do i mean brian robinson i mean that's just insane brian robinson like a random piece sure uh, Romeo Dobbs for Aaron Jones, sure. What else sticks out? I think as well I had I had an Amari Cooper trade. Yeah, if I could do Amari Cooper trade up for Aaron Jones, I would. I love Josh Downs, but if somebody is going to be very, very high on Josh Downs, 
Uh, I don't mind sending out a Josh Downs or a Rashi Rice for Aaron Jones. But yeah, he's not trading for anything too expensive. And it wouldn't shock me at all if he had one of these Alvin Kamara type rises where he comes back from injury here and he just becomes a back-end RB1 right out of the gate. Now, our next buy candidate is going to be another guy people are really souring on. Right, We had Calvin Ridley, and now we'll have Chris Olave. People are not happy with Chris Olave, rightfully so. We just have a lot of negative energy around Chris Olave right now, which I like in terms of him being a buy because you have Derek Carr, who sucks, and he's screaming his head off at Chris Olave, and then you have uh, Chris Olave getting arrested, going 17 to 35. For what it's worth, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I don't think there's going to be many repercussions. I will say maybe it's, just an, uh, maybe it's just a New Orleans thing. I'm not sure if he was in New Orleans or Jacksonville for the game. I think he was in New Orleans, but 17 to 35... I think he got arrested for that, which I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I think I'm probably speaking out of turn. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know much about laws, but going like, that feels like just a ticket. I'm the, I don't know, but he got like full on cuffed and everything. He then says, I think he said, I play for the saints, man. And the, the cop just like uh big broed him and just said, I, I just, and you know, I, I do not care, but it's a bad look. It's bad press, but I really, I mean, we saw Addison do it in the off season and got nothing. Like, I, I don't think we're going to get a suspension. Maybe he gets a fine, but I'd, Fantasy football-wise, it shouldn't really affect anything, but there's maybe an owner out there who has him. And it's just like, again, it's just a lot of negative momentum and energy around Chris Olave, which I think is now presents itself is the time to strike. Because when we look at his volume right now, it's very, very good. All right, he is leading the league. He's tied for league lead in end zone targets, but he has just one touchdown right now. PFF has an expected points per game model. They have him expected at 3.8 receiving touchdowns. He has just one. So we have a prime bounce back candidate here. If we look at his overall expected points per game, he's one of 12 wide receivers this year with 17 expected points per game or better. He's the only one on this entire list underperforming his output by minus four or worse. Like the only other one is like Garrett Wilson at minus 2.8. No one else is even at minus three here in terms of underperforming. That is a lot of points on the table. Chris Olave is a good wide receiver that should bounce back to the mean here. Uh, you also had the team passing the ball 50 plus times in back-to-back weeks. The volume has been there. I'm pretty comfortable calling him a wide receiver two at worst rest of season, whereas I think some people are very, very uh, squeamish about Chris Olave rest of season, and that's when it would be time to jump in. So when we look at him in the fantasy calc, he's going for pretty cheap. Like in uh, in terms of where you drafted him, like late second, early third, uh, you can get him for pretty, pretty cheap here. Uh, Ramondre for Olave straight up, I would do that. Uh, what else? Chris Olave. Metcalf for Chris Olave is very close. That, that seems like almost lateral to me, but I think I would prefer Olave. James Cook for Chris Olave, I would do that on a heartbeat. Uh, this Javante and Judy, like Javante in a, in a wide receiver piece for Chris Olave, yes, please. Thielen for Olave is close, but I think I would sell Thielen for Olave. I think I would also do Darren Waller for Olave if I could stream somebody else off waivers like a Logan Thomas or something. Uh, Cortland Sutton for Olave, that's easy for me. Kobe Myers for Chris Olave is very close. But I think I would side with the Olave, the Olave part. And then, I like, what the hell are we doing here, man? KJ Osborne for Chris Olave. Yeah, so again, like, he's not trading for anything super, super, super expensive. I would definitely kick the tires on Chris Olave. Now, our next buy candidate here isn't, like, rocket science. We're not going to spend too much time on him because it's Justin Jefferson, right? We, we've spent first overall picks on him for this season. Uh, I don't have to tell you why he's good. But there's going to be teams out there holding the bag on Justin Jefferson. They just took a loss and they're sitting at like two and five or three and four and they're down bad and they can't afford to hold on to Justin Jefferson and wait for him to come back off of IR. 
So I think that now would be the time to see how that owner is doing with Justin Jefferson. Now, if he's like five and two, six and one. Now, I will also preface as well. Do not trade for Justin Jefferson if you are not five and two or better. If you're four and three, you're three and four. There's no reason to take on the gamble of Justin Jefferson. But if you're sitting in a good spot, you know, five and two, I would say six and one, seven and oh, you're sitting pretty. You have some depth you can kind of get rid of. Definitely kick the tires and see what's going on here because we have the Vikings. They're three and four. They're playing their best ball right now. They beat the 49ers on primetime. And you go from, there's a lot of chatter that, oh man, maybe they trade away Kirk Cousins. Maybe they shut down Justin Jefferson if they, you know, they keep losing and they tank for Caleb Williams. And now they're three and four. The division seems almost wide open. I mean, the Lions just lost. I don't see any reason why he would get shut down or why the Vikings would throw away this season. I think that they're going to be in this until the very end. And on top of that, we get a positive report from Kevin O'Connell here where Ryan Heath says, I didn't see this discussed last week. Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell says Justin Jefferson's feeling a lot better than they initially thought he would. And then he goes on to say in that original tweet that Kevin O'Connell thinks that he is going to be back pretty much immediately off of being uh, activated from IR. So like as soon as those four weeks are up, it seems like he could play in week 10. So Jeff Mueller, injury analyst for 4 for 4, says huge news for potential return week 10. Hopefully he keeps trending that way coming off the hamstring strain. So it seems like he could be back week 10, the Justin Jefferson that you signed up for. Like, I, I don't think we'll see. I'm going to be doing my uh, rest of season rankings as soon as I post this video. So make sure you check those out. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. If you want access to my rest of season rankings, that'll be on the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. I have the link in the description in the comment section down below. Uh, but as you're making these trades, if you want something to look off of where I have like my top 50 running backs ranked rest of season, my top 60 wide receivers, all that good stuff. I don't really think that I'm going to have many wide receivers ahead of Justin Jefferson like last week I had him as like wide receiver 10 with this news I think I'll have him probably like like I, I think I would take Justin Jefferson over like CeeDee Lamb rest of season like I, I think there's probably only going to be like six wide receivers ahead of him uh rest of season because it seems like he's only going to miss like two more weeks here uh so Justin Jefferson you should be excited if you have him on your team uh you should be looking to trade for him if you have a good team that can sort of uh afford it uh and you can get him for relatively cheap right now if we look at the trades happening here I mean golly man Chris Godwin for Jefferson straight up. Yes. Jacobs for Jefferson straight up is actually much closer than I think that this 2000 whatever uh, represents, but I think I still would. Uh, you can do, I mean, Aaron Jones and Mike Evans seems like a lot, but I would. Uh, Ramondre and Nico Collins, I would. Uh, Aaron Jones in a piece, I would. Bijan for Jefferson straight up. I think I would chill on that. I don't think I would, but Marquise Brown for Jefferson. Like you're, like you're seeing like guys... I imagine there's a lot of guys out there who just need production, like Jalen Waddle for Justin Jefferson, Chris Olave for Justin Jefferson, like literally any wide receiver not named. Like if we just go to their redraft rankings here, like any wide receiver in terms of their redraft rankings, any wide receiver not named Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, Cooper Cup. Yeah, so he's wide receiver six. That's exactly about where I'd have him. I think I would have Amon Ross St. Brown right there. But yeah, like CeeDee Lamb, Devontae, like I, I think it's close with these three. Uh, but once you get to like a you can lower, if you can turn any of these guys into into uh, Justin Jefferson, I think I would. Puka's the only one where it's like, man, I don't know. But if I could do Puka straight up for Justin Jefferson, I think I would. I think I would. But it is definitely uh, not, you know, a done deal. But again, in terms of what you can get for him, or not the fantasy calculator, the, the database is what I'm looking for. Uh, but you can see, I mean, there's some other ones in here too, if you want to sort of go, I mean, not dumpster diving is what I was about to say, but uh, there's one, again, there's one with like Josh Palmer, there's one with Ayuk I saw, 
yeah, let's go to the next page real quick. There's one with like Ayuk I- that I saw. Yeah, Ayuk and like a Kareem Hunt or uh, I don't know. If you have like a Deontay Foreman and Gus Edwards and you can attach that to a wide receiver like Ayuk or Waddle, I would. Uh, there's one where it's Swift straight up for Justin Jefferson. I mean, just take the Mark Cooper out of the equation. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But if somebody wants your DeAndre Swift or something like that, I think I would, even though that seems like a lot. Uh, Josh Palmer and a plus like Raheem Moster, I think I would. Raheem Moster straight up for Justin Jefferson, I think I would. Um, but yeah, definitely go kick the tires on Justin Jefferson. See where that owner's head is at when it comes to Jefferson because, you know, again, they might be in a rough spot here. Now, our last two buys here are repeat buys from last week. And I think you guys are going to be very sick of me talking about him, but we have Bijan Robinson. And I'm just begging you guys to bear with me. I promise people were very annoyed. We we had Jonathan Taylor, if you go back to, I think that was going to be like two years ago, we had Jonathan Taylor as a buy like pretty much every week for the first like five weeks during his RB1 season. And as a buy a bunch for his rookie season. And we're getting similar vibes with Bijan Robinson. It's a slow start and I get it. He had the migraine flu game whatever you want to call it and to me it's a nothing burger I don't think that this affects him moving forward I think it's just a freak thing that happened you know people get migraines I I don't think that his I think to me I'm pretty much throwing out this game and assuming that he's going to be back to what his role was before the migraine uh in this offense here now what I do know is he's the best runner on this team by a mile him versus Tyler Algier is like it's funny business like 0.61 in rushing yards over expected per attempt for Bijan, negative 0.87 for Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier has a 3.1 yards per carry. That is 51st among 59 running backs with 25 or more carries in yards per carry at 3.1 on the year. He's 7th worth rushing yards over expected per attempt. Very, very funny the guys that said that like Tyler Algier would be a major roadblock because of his talent and not because of like Arthur Smith coaching tendencies. Tyler Algier is another one of these guys we talked about. He's another one of these guys like Michael Carters. And, you know, you see these day three guys, they pop in year one and then year two comes around and it's just like they kind of get zapped. I, I don't know what it is, but the idea that like Tyler Algier was going to have like a, you know, Jamal Williams type of year next to Bijan Robinson just isn't true. He is not very good. He's going to get his touches taken up by Cordero Patterson here. And again, Bijan Robinson is verifiably good. Fifth missed tackles force per attempt. Third rush yards over expected per attempt. He's one of 10 running backs right now with five plus yards per carry. He is one of three running backs right now with five plus yards per carry and 100 plus rush attempts. He also catches a ton of passes. He's third in running back targets, second in catches, third in routes run. And that's all while pretty much eating a zero last week. Now he's also in an offense that's yes, yes, pioneered by Arthur Smith, but they have the third best offensive line according to PFF. They are dead last in pass rate over expectation. They're a run-heavy team. Bijan's going to have plenty of opportunity moving forward. Tyler Algier, again, has not been good. It wouldn't shock me again. He's a rookie. If they bring him along, and he becomes the focal point down the stretch of the season. We'll see. Workloads grow. That's how it works for guys like Bijan Robinson. And you can buy him for very cheap right now. People are panicking about Bijan Robinson. Again, I think it's like the third week in a row that we've had him here. But if people are going to be panicking, I think that it's time to buy. So if you look at Fantasy Calc here, I mean, I'm taking almost all of these. I mean, Raheem Mostert and Rapiece, sure. Raheem Mostert trade up, sure. And Pearson Hopkins, sure. Uh, this is where it gets close. Like once you get to like Keenan Allen Eckler, I would probably stay away from doing something like that. Uh, what else sticks out? Uh, yeah, Drake London and Pacheco for him, sure. Damian Pierce and Kobe Myers, sure. Uh, what else? Josh Jacobs for him straight up, yes. Pacheco for him straight up, yes. But yeah, you can get him. I mean, it's not anything crazy. Like Pacheco in a piece for him, I would do that. Uh, what else did I have written down? I had Jacobs. 
yeah jacob's for him straight up if somebody wants to do that uh there was like an addison yeah i mean this seems like a lot like this seems very steep addison and Aaron jones but that's like i think i would pay that uh that's not all that far off of something i think i think that the Bijan owner would actually accept this uh a lot of the time here if i could use Thielen to get to Bijan, i would i don't really think that B that Thielen's like a huge sell but if i could do Thielen and nico collins for Bijan, sure if i could do Thielen in a running back or nico collins in a running back for Bijan robinson uh i would so if you have a need for running back or you have guys on your roster that are like Rashad White and are even like, I don't know, like Derrick Henry's of the world. See if, what it would take to add on to that running back to get to Bijan Robinson uh, is how I would be thinking. Now, our next buy here is, again, somebody we've talked about before is going to be Marquise Brown here because Marquise Brown has now had two back-to-back -back weeks that have looked pretty rough for him. Or if we look here, uh, this is just the last two weeks. He's at 15.4 expected points per game, but just 7.7 .7 points per game, and has been pretty awful over the last two weeks, but the volume is still there, and that's what matters. When we look over the entire season, this is the screenshot from the Olave uh, part of this video, but all the way at the bottom, you see Marquise Brown, 15.3 expected points per game. The last two weeks, 15.4. He has been getting the same volume he's been getting all year. He's just been inefficient the last two weeks. The quarterback play has been bad. Kyler Murray was a full participant in practice today. When Kyler comes back, that's going to be very exciting news for Marquise Brown. To me, he's still like a fringe wide receiver two rest of season. And if I could buy him, I absolutely would. Now, if we look at what Marquise Brown is trading for, people are starting to sour on him a little bit here, where he's not really going for a ton. Uh, you can see here, I don't know what the I don't know what all the CD Lamb talk is about, but yeah, Mark Cooper straight up for Marquise Brown all day. Miles Sanders in a you know a scrub piece for Marquise Brown. Yes, Sutton for Marquise Brown, yes, all day. Uh Rashi Rice for Marquise Brown, yes. Like just ignore the Michael Thomas part. Ty J Spears for Marquise Brown all day. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, if, if, let's say like Dalton Kincaid's just been chilling on your bench and you have, you know, like Hawkinson in front of him. I don't mind this. Maybe you could fetch more for Kincaid. Uh, I would actually take Pittman over Marquise Brown at this point. Brian Robinson for Marquise Brown, yes. Like there's a lot of like Jake, Drake London for Marquise Brown. I would as well. Uh, there's a lot of cheap deals to be made for Marquise Brown. Now that is going to do it for us today, fellas. I hope you guys enjoy. That is my six must-buy trade target for week eight of the fantasy football season again if you want my entire rest of season rankings to sort of base your trades off of check out patreon.com slash ron stewart have a link in the description comment section down below on there you get my weekly rankings my waiver wire uh, article every week my uh rest of season rankings as i said before all that good stuff is on there but if you can't support there leave a like subscribe and i will see you guys in the next one